This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, we're continuing here at smartvillageevents.com. You're listening to episode 152, part four, ladies and gentlemen, part four. Right here, it's uh, number six, domains of action. Success in digital transformation depends on many factors. While technology is not necessarily the only solution, There are some key areas that should be developed to achieve a notable result. Given the advancement of technology and the needs for rural modernization, we have identified three major areas of action that can define the Smart Village vision for digital transformation of communities. So uh, let's get into these, folks. Aren't you interested in the three major areas of action that can define the Smart Village vision for digital transformation of communities, otherwise known as technological destruction, right? Technological destruction. It says, uh, we'll say, given the advancement of technology, And the needs for rural modernization, there's definitely needs for this. We have to have this. We have identified three major areas of action that can define the technological destruction of communities. Because that's what we're about to do, folks. (laughs) That's what we're about 
to do. Uh, number uh, or letter A, I will say letter A, infrastructure. ICT, that's Information and Communication Technologies, infrastructure is an essential part of achieving a smart village, being the basis for smart community building, right? So information and communication technology, which we've seen in a lot of the articles and pieces we've been reviewing over the last few shows, is essential in uh, achieving the smart community building. It says it relies on advanced systems for monitoring, collecting, storing, and transmitting information, including smart sensors integrated into the physical infrastructure. Now, where have we seen this, folks? Uh, We were looking at, uh, was it Miller Electric Company smart poles? All of their marketing material on the information the smart poles would be collecting and transmitting. We've seen this in Coral Gables. We've seen this in all the smart city stuff that we are investigating here. So again, folks, it's telling you that these advanced systems, right, are going to be monitoring, collecting, storing, and transmitting information. That's data, data, including from the sensors, the smart sensors, which are integrated into the physical infrastructure. Now, let's go back to World Economic Forum because everyone loves to talk about the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab, the founder and the head of it, wrote the book in 2016, The False Industrial Revolution. Now, Wide Awake Jim is going to show you that uh, the plan for the false industrial revolution came around way, way, way before uh, Klaus Schwab. But what is the false industrial revolution? The merger of the biological, us, the physical, that's what's all around us, and the digital worlds. What's digital? Part of it is all the information being collected by the cameras and the smart sensors, etc. So they're talking about embedding the smart sensors and integrating them into the physical infrastructure. So you have a city, physical infrastructure, now you have a smart pole on every corner of the city. That's embedding a smart sensor into the physical infrastructure. So they have to take all that data, as they say here, the information, they have to monitor that, they have to collect it, they have to store it, they have to transmit it. That's a lot of data. Each of us, as I've said here on the show, we have a digital footprint. It's a running real-time file on each of us. And don't think that you don't, because when you're watching your TV, you're creating footprint. When you're listening to the radio, you're creating a footprint. When you're driving in your car, you're creating a footprint. When you're using your phone, whether it's just a flip phone or a smartphone, when you're accessing your computer, your tablet, your laptop, your smart TV, all this stuff is being put into a file on you. All your interactions on Facebook, Google searches, text messages, phone calls, all being collected, all being processed, all creating a digital footprint around you. So this is what they're talking about here. It goes on to say, with its help, we can achieve real-time data processing. Then the data is transformed into information, and based on the information, authorities can make decisions. So this is important. 
for those of you that don't understand this, right? So all the data I just said they're collecting, it's coming from everywhere, folks. I, I'm having a hard time even believing they can house this, but I went over some of this technology with you, uh, DNA, human DNA storage drives that can store, we'll look at it again, you know, whatever, a million times more than a regular hard drive. So for instance, here at the studio, hold on, I'll show to the, to the audience here that, that doesn't know how this stuff works. All right, inside your computer or inside your tablet or your laptop or your phone, you have a hard drive, all right? The hard drive stores data on it. That could be anything, folks. That's your, that's your uh, now, 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 given a lot of this is now stored up in the so-called cloud, those are just servers sitting on a farm somewhere. So imagine a big piece of land with a bunch of computers. Information is stored on the computers. And then your device can access that information uh, via, you know, your 5G signal or via your Wi-Fi at home or whatever. But still, there's a computer somewhere, a server, that has hard drives in it that store the actual data. And that would be your text messages. That would be photos. That would be videos. That would be, I don't know, any documents that you store. All types of stuff. Everything you save on your computer, including all the software, all the programs that are running in your computer, all the apps that you're installing on your phone. That's all stored, right? So, for instance, this right here is a WD uh, My Passport drive, all right? Over the years, being in graphic design, web development, uh, video editing, having managed comedians, uh, worked on a lot of projects. I don't know. I could have 15 of these laying around. Uh, some of them hold, you know, 500 gigabytes in today's world. That might be, I don't know, uh, you know, 100 movies or something like that. I could store, let's say I had like HD movies I was storing. Like any kind of like a, I'm not just talking about a movie I made, right? Or let's say an episode of the Dust and Gold Standard from uh, pain.tv slash gold. Every time I recorded one of those in raw form, they're about 10 gigabytes, right? So 10 of those would fit into 100 gigabytes and 500 gigabytes, I have 50. So I could put 50 of those on here. So what happens is I'm actually running out of space uh, storing this because I take that, I extract the audio from it, and I create the podcast. I create another audio file, which I use to then lay under the original video to level the uh, audio coming out of the video. And then I process that, and I give that video to Mike more for pain.tv slash gold. And then I have another version, which I've been creating. So at the end, I might have 20 gigabytes for one show. So on a 500 gigabyte device, I could only put about... 25, you know, a month's worth of shows for one of these, right? And that's like, say, I don't know, 50, 60, $70. So I just bought an 18 terabyte, which a terabyte is a thousand gigabytes, an 18 terabyte drive. It was like $400, right? Just to store this data. This is just what I'm creating. Imagine how many of these servers they have to have out there to store all of this data. Then what they're doing with the data all the data points that they're pulling off of their so-called smart sensors, you know, which would be cameras, listening devices, RFID readers, all their little climate, 
you know, sniffers that they have around, pollution sniffers, all the sensors that they're putting inside of everything considered to be Internet of Things. You know, when you hear about smart dust, all this other stuff, um, they have to store that. And then they want to be able to actually real time process that data, uh, meaning, OK, in the old days, I, Dustin, would sit here and let's say I had access to a database that was collecting information. Uh, think of it like a Excel spreadsheet. And that Excel spreadsheet, I don't know, has all the transactions my business did that year with my customers. So I would go in and I'd search it like, uh, I don't know, I want to know who bought the most carrots from the store this year. Blah, 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 blah. It would come up. Carol Johnson bought the most carrots, right? Uh, I want to know which customer spent the most on produce. Do, 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 do. Who spent the most on produce? Dave Smith. All right. How much did he spend? And okay. So you'd be looking through all this information with the use of me sitting in my computer, having to search this spreadsheet. Well, what they want to be able to do and which they're doing in part, which we're going to talk about in this artificial intelligence chat GPT soon is I'm going to show you how search works um, is they want this information to constantly be processing in real time, running through what would be called algorithms that are really just formulas they write to find whatever information it is they're looking for in real time, right? So whatever that may be, folks, whatever it may be. For instance, I was showing you at Coral Gables, uh, Florida, they, they have the ability through their cameras to track how many pedestrians are walking around in different areas of the city, how many cars are driving around in different areas of the city, right? And so instead of somebody having to sit in there on the database and look it up, they may have real-time numbers. So they could put in a formula that says they want to know every time there's more than a 1,000 people. Uh, between A Street and B Street on Franklin Street, right? And then its sensor goes off and it tells them more than a 1,000 people are there for whatever reason that may be, right? So they want to be able to process this information in real time all the time. And this is the kind of data that needs to be collected and the type of information that needs to be processed to, let's say, run a central bank digital currency system. Right, Because if they want to be able to cut you off from buying too much food or too much toilet paper or too much gasoline or charging your electric vehicle, whatever it may be, that information has to be processed all the time in real time. So they're collecting data. They're storing data. In a way, it's, it's called big data. They're just storing the data, and then they have to constantly be processing the data and pulling the data and using the data to do whatever it is they want it to do. Right? I mean, this is just very simple terms on how all of this stuff works. Uh, but I hope you're understanding it because this is how the smart city, this is how the technocracy actually operates, this technological system they want us living in. This is the prison planet. This is the prison yard, whether that's a 15-minute prison yard or whether it's a giant prison planet, this is how it works. This is why Yuval Noah Harari, I'll repeat it again, has said, those who control the data are the gods of the new era. Data is more valuable than property. It is more valuable than gold. We know more about you than you know about yourself. 
Uh, and what he's really talking about is they have the ability to manipulate you and personally propagandize you because they know your habits. They know what you're clicking on on Facebook, whether you're clicking on a friend's post or you're clicking on a planted post or whether you're on Twitter and you're actually answering someone's real question or you're answering one of these questions put out by a bot or a controlled op type person that's asking you, uh, why didn't you get vaccinated? Please explain right here. You're just contributing data, but you're always contributing data. When you're walking around in your neighborhood and there's Amazon ring cameras, your face is being scanned. You're contributing data right back to the system. Well, they want to be able to process that in real time. So when you go walk into that smart city, let's say a 15-minute segment of it, a 15-minute district, when you drive in, like the Truman Show, they want your license plate scanned at all times, your face scanned at all times. Everything you're doing in that city is being tracked, and it's not just from the license plate or the face scan. Your phone is being monitored. You're being geolocated. Your phone has a camera and audio. It could be picking up everything that's inside there. It's constant tracking, total power, total control, Big Brother 1984 on steroids ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust to go with the dust to gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold shipping can make or break a sale so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, I hope you um I hope you walk away with an understanding of what this uh system actually looks like, folks. And that's part of what I wanted to um talk about tonight and it was good i was able to work that in with this smart village plan that we're going to get through um we're going to finish that up today but uh this is sort of this is what it looks like whether it's the 15 minute district or it's the smart city or the smart village or the smart county or smart state in the case of florida or the smart country uh, as we're seeing pop up in the UAE and other places, or it's going to be the smart world. It's all connected. Everyone inside is a prisoner, is a slave within the system, and they want to track everything and control everything. But uh, it's it's not the way I think that people imagined over the years, right? It's, it's not necessarily to control you as an individual because you're an enemy of the state, by knowing what you're doing and then sending a, a cop out to break your chops or the FBI. The, the way that they envision it and what they hope to have, the technocrats, the prison planet wardens, is a system in which they could literally turn you off at any given time. 
for any reason whatsoever, if you're deemed to be uh, an enemy of the state, they can turn off your government-issued digital central bank digital currency wallet. Uh, they can limit what you can buy, when you can buy it, who you can buy it from, where you can buy it from. They want the ability to turn off your car, whether it's a, a gasoline-powered car or an electric vehicle. They want the ability to uh, make sure you can only stay in certain areas within this smart system, or which we just call a technocracy. A technique actually would be the term. Um, this is what they want to do and to be able to manipulate you and have you work within their system and to help them continue to build the system. Because remember, we're all worker bees within the system they've created. Uh, and that's why I've mentioned, I, I'm not 100% sure about this, folks. Before, before I get back into the smart villages, I, I, I've been really thinking about this. And I was talking to Wide Awake Jim about it. I was talking to Maria Albanese. I was talking to my friend Dan Golwatch uh, a while back about this. I'm not sure if they screwed up and they jumped the gun and they jabbed people too soon. Because remember, the folks out there, I mean, us included, we are helping build the system for them. Whether it be just by interacting with the technology in our daily lives, we're contributing data to help them train the artificial intelligence, train the algorithms, everything that they want to be able to to have in order to run this sort of AI-driven prison planet system, or if you actually work for one of these companies. Uh, a friend of mine worked for Siemens. He was selling AI security surveillance equipment that was going inside of companies. That's all helping build the industrial metaverse, the industrial smart system, right? So, whether you're doing that or whether you're a computer programmer or whether you're a poll installer for Comcast or Verizon or AT&T or one of these companies, um, we are all worker bees within the system, right? So um, imagine if you're a pharaoh, right? And think of the pharaoh as, I don't know, the, the furthest back we can get behind the curtain, the Rockefellers, right? So you're, you're pharaoh Rockefeller, and you're trying to build a, a pyramid. And let's just say the pyramids weren't built by aliens or, you know, whatever we're supposed to believe. Let's just say you're trying to build a pyramid. And uh, when you do the math, you'll figure out if that's the case. The pyramid would have to be built across many, many generations, which would mean you'd have to have cooperation of multiple lines of pharaohs in the family lineage of pharaoh Rockefellers, which could be done because the Rockefellers have built this whole prison planet world over multiple generations exactly what i'm telling you to do move to the rural area get your piece of land and protect it across multiple generations but anyway anyway let's get back to the point so if i'm pharaoh rockefeller building my a technocratic pyramid and in the end right i'm gonna live there with my family and let's say it, it takes me a thousand slaves egyptian slaves Jewish slaves, whatever they are, to build this pyramid for me. And in the end, I'm going to keep 10 of them to breed them and to have them make me food. All right. But I don't need a thousand. So 990 of them have to die. Now, if I just drag them out into the yard and I shoot them all, or back then I burn them or something, or 
cut their throats, then the 10 that I'm going to keep might kind of revolt against me. Or at least as I'm killing some, the others will revolt and kill me, the Rockefeller family here, especially the head pharaoh. So instead, I decide to poison them. So my goal is they're going to finish building this pyramid, this technocratic smart pyramid for me. And then in the end, I'm going to poison them in different doses so that they start dying off, let's say, over the period of a year. I can shrink it down from 1,000 to 10. But the 10 might not notice because on Wednesday, Aunt Mary died. And then four Wednesdays later, Uncle Joey died. And slowly they start dying. I don't know. I tell them that, hey, guys, it's a freaking pandemic. I don't know what to tell you. It was flu season this year. And uh, everyone's just dying. I don't know what to do. Here, take some medicine. We came up with some magical medicine for you that will fix you. And so the slaves start taking the medicine, and then more of them start dying, including the really healthy ones, the ones that, uh, I don't know, they do acrobatics and they entertain the other slaves. They start dropping dead. Uh, And then over the course of a year, two years, whatever it may be, I have 10 left. My pyramid's done. I keep my 10 slaves, and I move on. Happily ever after is Pharaoh Rockefeller. Well, would it make sense for me as Pharaoh Rockefeller to uh, poison them all in the middle of building the pyramid? And then my technocratic smart pyramid is not yet done. It's not finished. It's not constructed. It's halfway done. And all of a sudden, a bunch of my slaves are dying. And the rest of them are running around with essentially chemo brain. They're like walking vegetables, literally IQs of 12. Seriously, it's like the movie Idiocracy of slaves running around. Uh, And so me, Pharaoh Rockefeller, I poisoned them too early. I can't get the pyramid done. And so how is this going to work? I don't even have the cell built where the 10 are going to live, the ones that are going to stay with me, that I'm going to breed, the best of the best. Um, so I asked myself, is this what happened? Did they jab everyone up too soon? And so now there's a bunch of idiocracy slaves running around that can't finish building this technocratic prison planet for them. Could that happen? Or is this actually intentional? Did they want to off a bunch of people right now in order to, have a collapse of this current system. As I said, the technology of yesteryear, the third industrial era collapse in order to usher in the fourth industrial era. So we'd be in the fourth industrial revolution. I don't know. I don't know if they made a mistake, but it doesn't make sense to me because if the infrastructure isn't done, which I don't believe, I don't believe there's secret technology around everywhere ready to corral the rest of us and control us. I think what we're seeing, smart poles and you know drones and all these things going up everywhere, are part of the actual system, sort of this technocracy toolkit they got, like a Lego set, and they're actually in the process of building it. I believe it connects up to servers. I believe they're trying to process the data. I believe they'd like to have some sort of an artificial intelligence running it and controlling it. And humans have certain input. The IT guys I'm talking about, the worker bees, but not too much. And of course, the elites at the top, 
the Rockefellers through their henchmen, you know, the Peter Thiels, the Elon Musk and such, will have somewhat of a control. They're like project managers uh, over the system. I think that's where they're going. But I don't understand the point of poisoning the worker bees before the system is built. And I don't think there's secret technology out there that they're ready to move us into this new system. They would have to have a lot of stuff that we know nothing about. But I also have a very hard time believing that they're stupid. I don't think that the technology doesn't work the way they want it to. On one sense, when we can't connect to a good cell signal or the softwares that we're using today don't work together or our computers are constantly getting viruses or people's bank accounts are getting hacked, identities are being stolen, EV cars are catching on fire. You know, planes are crashing, trains are crashing, all this stuff. I, I believe that stuff is all done intentionally or allowed to happen in order to create this. Uh, it's not really an illusion because it's actually happening, but a controlled demolition of the third industrial era to then drive us into the fourth industrial era. But they have to have something to drive us into. So if the smart cities, if the worldwide technocratic smart planet isn't fully built, what are they driving us into? Is there magical technology out there that we don't know about? No, I think we would know because we're the worker bees. You'd be talking to a neighbor, a friend, a cousin who's installing something that you've never heard about. Now, I happen to believe the Starlink stuff is real and satellites are real. I know there's a bunch of flat earth folks out there. I've listened to a lot of it. I agree with a lot of their arguments, but I happen to know people who do like testing on major, like billion dollar satellites. They've seen them. Now, could that be similar to uh, the Mars landing where they intentionally do these fake projects so that real people get contracts so that they'll sit there and say what I'm saying. Well, I know someone who knows someone who's worked on testing for one of Elon Musk satellites. Yes, that could be the case. And, and, and sometimes I say to myself, how could Starlink and all this stuff be real? And then they also need to install smart pole 5G replicators all over the earth. And anywhere there's not one, you don't get good cell service. So it seems like they need these things. Like if you go out Two miles into the water, you're not going to get cell service on a boat. You don't get cell service up on an airplane. So some of this stuff doesn't make sense. And we could go down this path and investigate this later on. But I, I'm still just trying to, and I don't have the answer for you. Did they jump the gun and poison a bunch of the slaves before the job was done? Or did they do that to intentionally start to collapse the system and is there something ready to go or maybe we're going to go through a dark period where everything's collapsing and then they get the rest of the people on board to help finish building the technocratic system telling you that the smart cities and the 15-minute cities and the smart villages are the solution everything collapsed because the third industrial era was decaying and the only way to save us is for you guys to all work for us and help us build this band brand new New, beautiful smart technocracy pyramid i mean maybe that is what it is i don't know i felt like discussing this i had some notes on it i wanted to put some questions out to you the audience feel free to reach out on twitter at hackable animal or at dust and gold show join us on telegram at dust and gold show or email me me at dustin gold show.com or join us at pain.tv slash gold 
and we can start a conversation over there. I'm just thinking out loud. These are ideas that I've come up with. I don't have the answer to everything. All right, when we get back, let's finish up with the infrastructure for the smart villages. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 